presented by BlackRock. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghun Manavalan. It's Friday. Today's show, a name you haven't heard much about lately, Donald Trump. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. For a minute there, Donald Trump wasn't the dominant political story. In between peak coverage in August of the FBI search of its Mar-a-Lago home and Thursday's public vote by the January 6th committee to subpoena the former president, there were long stretches when Trump wasn't the main character of the midterms. In some ways, he still isn't. As Blake Hounshell and Alice McFadden from the New York Times point out, January 6th is practically invisible on the nation's airwaves, despite nearly a billion dollars in overall ad spending this year. Politicos, Jordan Carney, Sarah Ferris, and Ali Mutnick note that Democrats have aired just two dozen spots focused on threats to democracy this cycle in roughly 16 different battleground districts. But even if he didn't appear in a single ad, and there are plenty that include him, Trump still looms over everything in politics. A new investigation from the New York Times reveals that about 70% of Republicans running for Congress had questioned the election of President Biden, and nearly two-thirds are favored to win their races. That's according to the Cook Political Report. He's seemingly the only subject of top nonfiction books. Maggie Haberman's Confidence Man, The Making of Donald Trump, and The Breaking of America debuted at number one this week on the New York Times bestseller list. Just a few weeks ago, Peter Baker and Susan Glasser's The Divider, Trump in the White House, 2017 to 2021, debuted at number two. And yet, another blockbuster is out on Tuesday, Unchecked, the untold story behind Congress's botched impeachments of Donald Trump, written by Playbook's very own Rachel Bade and The Washington Post's Karen Demersion. And Trump once again this week dominates all political coverage. Yesterday, he was subpoenaed, his appeal to the Supreme Court in the Mar-a-Lago documents case was rejected, his former aides were spotted after testifying before a grand jury in the criminal investigation of January 6th, his name was prominently featured in text messages read aloud at the Oath Keepers trial, and his decision to form a new company was criticized by the New York Attorney General, who was suing him. You could be forgiven for not remembering that on Tuesday, it was Joe Biden who sat down for a rare televised interview, the kind of thing that, in another era, we'd all still be talking about. But because John Harris took stock of Trump's dominance of our attention, and explain in a story up in today's playbook. He writes, In historical terms, Trump is a larger figure than ever. Far from loosening, his claim on national attention is as urgent as ever. Far from fading into irrelevance, Trump is now positioned to be among the most consequential presidents of his era. This is largely on the strength of what looks to be the most consequential ex-presidency in American history. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 4.10 p.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will depart L.A. to head to Orange County, arriving at 5 p.m. There, he'll speak about lowering prices at the Irvine Valley Community College. Afterward, he'll head to Portland, Oregon, and take part in a grassroots volunteer event with Oregon Democrats. Vice President Kamala Harris will speak with student leaders to talk about health care at 2.30. The House and the Senate are out today. Worth the noting, NBC's Dasha Burns sat down for an interview with Mehmet Oz that'll air on the Today Show and NBC Nightly News, and the first and only debate between Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker is tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern in Savannah. You can catch a live stream in today's playbook. 
Secretary of State Antony Blinken and other top U.S. officials were in Mexico City on Thursday, focused on immigration across Latin America and other issues, Michael Crowley from the New York Times reports. He writes, Biden officials chose their words carefully on the sensitive topic of immigration, avoiding phrases like border crisis and emphasizing that the effects of social and economic upheaval in the region, thanks in part to the pandemic, are not unique to the United States. Still, an acting assistant DHS secretary explicitly told Venezuelans not to come, per Bloomberg. And from the Department of Unintended Consequences, the few dozen migrants whom Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew to Martha's Vineyard may now have a pathway to citizenship as victims of a crime on U.S. soil. Politico's Jesus Rodriguez reports. Though they previously lacked such a route, DeSantis' stunt has led to the San Antonio area sheriff signing off on the Venezuelans as having cooperated with his investigation, opening up a new door. All right. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghu Munavalan. Have a good weekend. We'll see you first thing Monday morning. All across the country, people are working hard for their financial freedom. So BlackRock is hard at work, supporting communities, investing $20 billion in U.S. roads, bridges, and transportation on behalf of their clients. From the plains to the coast, BlackRock helps Americans invest for their future and helps communities thrive. BlackRock, invested in the future of Americans. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. As of May 13th, 2022, visit blackrock.com slash invested.